This is Guys Read Romance, where I, romance author Margot Radcliffe, politely strong-arm my male friends into reading and chatting about romance novels with me for an uncomfortably long period of time. Okay, today we're doing another interstitial episode where we're going to discuss last week's episode about the book Dark Fever by Karen Marie Moaning, read by Ben Scroy. Former interstitial podcast guest Mara, who is one of my oldest friends and a romance superfan, joins us today. Her specialties include making cheese balls, hiding candy in weird places, and dressing dogs in costumes. (laughs) We're also very excited to have Ben's own wife, Sada, with us today. Sada is from Jordan, really likes board games, and really hates ice. So I'm super excited to hear what she has to say about her husband's reading of romance and how badly he fails in the actual thing on a daily basis. (laughs) Hi, Sarah. (laughs) so thank you all so much for being here and i'm super excited to talk about romance with you well thanks for having me yeah Yeah, it's great to be here yeah thanks for inviting me on your podcast it was super fun hearing ben and his opinions on romance novels (laughs) (laughs) i bet i bet all right well so to start off mara we know that you read and love romance but sada can you tell us a little bit about what you normally read because it's not romance it is not romance. I I read a lot of different types of books, but I would say my favorite genre would be uh, kind of a more historical fiction narrative with female protagonists over generations. I know that sounds very specific, but there's some great books out there. That's probably my favorite genre, but you know, I'm open to anything. Magical realism. I've done some fantasy, although I'm not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. I usually like the dark, heavy stuff with unpredictable endings, which is maybe why I'm not as big of a fan of romance. But growing up, I did love Jane Austen and that era of just like romance novels. So I do like that sort of thing. Sure, that's definitely family, generational, historical stuff. So that makes sense. So you don't read a lot of romance, but so what do you usually think about when you think about romance? What does that, what do those books mean to you? What's your knowledge about the genre, if you have any? I, well, knowing you better, I realized I have a very warped perception of the genre, to be honest. (laughs) My, my, I'm going to be honest, my, my stereotype of it is more so the like dramatic, 1980s drawings of some a woman with half of her boob showing thrusting herself on a shirtless six-pack man against a backdrop of a cliff and crashing waves like that's what pops into my head (laughs) and so either that or like more modern romance which you know in I think of it more in terms of like how I would imagine romance movies so where it's like a little bit exaggerated maybe not very well written but again I've learned much to the contrary but have not read any myself since talking to you so sure sure well those are very common assumptions about romance kind of fabio cover gets brought up a lot in, in yeah. this podcast. and i mean like say what you will i guess about it but it certainly worked as a marketing tool because everybody okay. everybody knows it right so anyway right. all right so sounds good well hopefully now and maybe after ben reads more romance maybe it will spark your interest in in the genre i wish the book he read sounded good actually it did sound good i don't usually do a lot of fantasy but it sounded good and like i was like oh maybe i should check this out 
yeah, it didn't sound overdone. And I think that's what I liked about it. Because it's true that like you like kind of a little bit of an interwoven romance story in whatever book you're reading. But I think when it feels forced is when it gets annoying. And in this one, it, it felt like it was slowly building and not, you know, like, okay, bam, we're putting in a scene here. Bam, it's just exaggerated. It kind of kept you interested and is there something is there not something for long enough where it didn't feel like you're being spoon-fed which I appreciated it honestly did not sound like a, a romance at all like if this book had been written by a man with a male protagonist it, it would not have fallen under the uh the category of uh romantic fantasy like to, according to the description that that you guys had of it and that's kind of one of my pet peeves is how we have to make something written by a woman we have to categorize it in either romance or women's fiction i i love women's fiction but i hate that we have such a gendered genre you know because why is why is it just for women if this had been written by a man would it be more of literature like I, I you know what I mean so right. I don't know it didn't even sound I, I, that's kind of my that's one of my pet peeves I just I don't know it didn't sound like there's a lot of romance in this one but just like you said I think we all enjoy some romantic you know episodes or or a, a thread in our novels mm-hmm. because it's just a big part of life you know it is I mean for for those lucky of us to, to have it I guess but you know so that kind of just kind of irritates me that because I did look it up under I was like is this even categorized as romance and I looked it up on Amazon and of course it it did fall under romantic fantasy and I was just like oh is that what they do I thought it was paranormal it's a romantic fantasy yes they sometimes will remake those categories I bet that that's what they're because with the what's the Sarah J Moss, they're probably categorizing that as romantic fantasy as well. So now they'll recategorize these old books as whatever the new thing is instead of paranormal romance. Because these were this was written the first book was written I think it was two thousand six. So these are old. But yeah, that is there. There's a lot of romance in this series. The series is very long, and it's definite. I mean, it's definitely, definitely, definitely a romance. Uh, this first book wasn't. But like I remember, I read, <laughs> I I read these uh, the five. I I waited until like five were out. And, like I kept reading them I think like in the summer when I was off or something and like I like barely slept reading all these because I was waiting and waiting for the like the romance for the culmination of these people to get together and it didn't doesn't happen until like maybe book four or five and I was like I can't this is too much for me like and I like I was shooting like coffee so like I never (laughs) I can't have caffeine and so like I was just never sleeping it was it was awful. Did the plot and the writing also keep you reading it though like it wasn't just the romance yeah yeah sure yeah so you're talking into it i'm gonna check out this book well i mean just be careful i mean like there are so many books in this series but like if you don't have time (laughs) i I like the warning it might be dangerous be careful (laughs) (laughs) anyway all right so sada you've listened to i assume only ben's episodes and but Mara, you have listened to more of the episodes. Do you want to share your thoughts on what how you feel about the podcast overall, or what you expected this to be as compared to what it is or what it was? I really enjoy it because I think we don't have enough conversations about 
gender stereotypes can be so harmful and just we live in such a gendered society and um in my work as a therapist i've really seen how it can be damaging to so many different people and publishing is just one aspect of of the gender discussion and so i really appreciate it from that perspective i don't know and i also think it's fun to kind of make people do something that's a little bit outside of their usual you know uh experience and and to challenge those gendered stereotypes and such so um i'm i'm enjoying it i really appreciated how this time ben Pook picked a book <laughs> that he had a chance of liking I was so annoyed with him the first time he did the podcast with you because he like, he basically picked a book that he thought was going to be stupid. You know what I mean? And I was like, come on, Ben, you're better than this. Well, because his assumption was he was going to hate all yes. of them. So he picked the one that would, he would hate the most because that's I just, funny. You know I just I mean? wanted better than that from Ben. But I'm so glad that he did pick one that this time that he would actually thought, oh, you know, this is a book I might read anyway. This sounds pretty cool. And he really took the assignment seriously, <laughs> which I appreciated. It's like he like literally, I, I mean, it's been like, a, I haven't listened to it since it first came out. But that first time I was just like really aggravated that he picked a book that like he knew he wasn't going to actually enjoy as a reader. I was like, come on, man, get it together. <laughs> So. Get it together, Ben. <laughs> I agree. I found that all the time. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. So I did appreciate this time because um, I, and I'm curious to see. I want to see if he does read more of the series. I I want to kind of read the series now. Um, after hearing this, I think he read the second book of the oh, series. Awesome. Okay, cool. I think I think that's what I said. I, ben says a lot of things that I don't listen to, so I <laughs> could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sada, any thoughts or no? Like yeah. you listened to the first, yeah. first podcast. What did you think about it? I, so first of all, I wasn't sure what to expect of the general, the podcast in general. And I really enjoyed listening to, listening to it. And it wasn't just because it was featuring Ben and it was, it was just, just the concept of it. I never, I guess, A, I'm really ignorant about romance novels and I don't know much about the genre about what's available and I it, I just really enjoyed hearing the initial exercise of like who wrote the sex scene was actually really fun and I was like wow I can see now <laughs> it, it is fascinating there's the different styles of male versus female writers but then always so awkward I mean it's awkward for me to read those period because they're insane but also it's especially awkward with Ben because it, it's it's weird. It's like a brother. It's like yeah, a weird that, feels. I don't want to read those things to Ben either. That's weird. <laughs> but I, I love the point of it. The point of it is uh, why is this one um, piece of writing more valued because it's written by a man? I actually miss the, the game that you used to play where you'd say, is this literary fiction or is this a romance novel? Because right. why is one so revered and the other one's trash? You know what I mean? I hate that. Like it, it, that. And I, I, I miss that game that you guys used to play where you'd pick the two one one's literary and one's romance, you know, like that's, I, I thought that would be, it's an, it's an important commentary and I enjoy that, but I, I don't, and I, I don't want to read those passages out loud to any of the people on your podcast. So I respect that you power through 
I try so, to pick the most ridiculous ones to make it look awkward, this one but it's from still... Ben's episode was the best. <laughs> is this what really is this really what men think? Like I just don't Yes. I did not realize that that was an exercise in the podcast at all. And so I was sitting with Ben's mom and I was like, you know, guess what? Ben's featured on a podcast. We should listen to it tomorrow. And Ben's like shaking his head. <laughs> He's like, no, no, don't do it. Oh, it was really funny. But yeah, I, I like the critique, like the critical discussion you all had about just like, why would women want to listen to this, but it's not appealing to men? I found that really interesting. And I, I would love to hear more men's opinions on that. Like, what is it about that genre? Is it is it actually like they is it that they don't like it or is that they don't want to be judged for reading it? You know, mm-hmm. I think the judgment's a big one, but I don't even think they even consider reading it. They don't even, it's not even a thought in their mind that they would ever read something like that until Tara calls them. I don't call anybody. No, right. We established yes. on the previous podcast. Yes. But first of all, going back to this, Sada, I, yes, you, Ben mentioned uh, listening to the podcast in front of his mom. And I, I've never texted a person so fast. <laughs> please, don't, please don't do this. We're please fast forward just... through parts. <laughs> so funny. Please throw your phone in a river. I just <laughs> don't ever. Don't ever. Oh um, I also love that you called it a critical discussion. I appreciate that about just why. Yeah, they never think they don't think of and it. Maybe it's about being judged by other dudes. But the fact that and I've, I talk about this a lot, but like why we say that romance is not a blueprint. What every woman wants in a relationship is varied and different. But what mm-hmm. might behoove men is if they want to know how to function in a relationship with a woman would be to like listen to women what women have to say about that and instead they're like no that's all right it's like do they think that romance books are just fantasy because what we're looking for out of romantic relationships and out of these books i mean some of them are a little bit fantastical like some of them are fucking nuts let's be honest i mean (laughs) there are other things that throughout the course of these romance novels you learn it's it's you want somebody to see something in you that other people don't see or don't understand you want them to to see your value and appreciate you you want someone not to take care of you but someone you take care of and they take care of you in 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 return you want a partner and and the world is so much easier if you have that and i feel like that's what you learn i mean it's also wonderful because falling in love is fun you know, it, it is, it is. And even when you're in a committed- I guess it's also like vomit inducing. Go ahead. Rolling in love? I, I agree. Mars like, it's fun. I was like, is it? Is it really? I think it's terrifying. Well, okay, it's that too. I hate it. But it's exciting, you know? So it's fun to revisit that. I don't know. I'm just, it's, I'm wondering what they think it really is. And I guess we're learning that with your podcast, which I appreciate. But I feel like they are even having trouble- describing what they thought romance novels would be because I feel like they yeah, com- they just completely wrote them off. <laughs> you know, they didn't give them thought is the thing. They didn't think about it. 
No, yeah, and that's what I'm talking about, the dismissiveness of everything that's And then it's like, if this is something that women love so much and then you dismiss it, oy vey, that's, that's problematic right there, you know? Like you said, Tara, you'd think they'd want to know why we enjoy this and why it's important to us, you know? No, because then it's a call to action and they actually have to do something besides whatever dumb bullshit they're yeah. doing. Anyway, Sada. Do you think that, I, I mean, I'm just... I'm just trying to to think from the male perspective, which is tricky. But don't thinking, then you'll get it. <laughs> think less. That's what Tara's saying. Oh no! Because I'm just wondering, like, if you think about romance novels, there's this like quote unquote perfect guy, and he does all these perfect things, and he, like you're saying, a lot of it feels unrealistic. And I wonder if that kind of feels unattainable and therefore they're kind of like yeah yeah it's like just like if as women when I watch you know an action movie and there's a woman in it and she's like you know you're never gonna look like that you're never gonna act like that you're never gonna behave like that so I dismiss it I'm like I mean it does influence me on a subconscious level I'm sure and feeling like I'm not enough (laughs) but at the same time I also dismiss it like yeah yeah whatever that's unrealistic I don't think like consciously like, oh, let me understand what men want and strive for it because it doesn't feel attainable. And I, I just wonder if men also are kind of like, okay, this isn't attainable. I'm not going to have a six pack. I'm not going to be like rescuing her from a fire and be have like mounds of money and paying for everything. Like I can barely pay my light bills. Electricity. You know, like I just wonder if they have that feeling as well. So they're, they're like, whatever, you know. It's just a curiosity. In many moments, novels aren't always perfect either, though. They always F it up every single time. They they have part of the part of the experience of the romance novel is the guy messing things up or making mistakes, but then they learn and grow and change because of it. That's the real dream. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of expectations. <laughs> yeah, and, and so that's a good point, and that is what I hear on this podcast, right? That like the expectations that they're afraid of the expectations women might have, and that they believe that they can't live up to what whatever women might expect. But where I'm coming from is that like women and those who identify as female, like we. Every, like the whole world tells us what to be every single day. We, you yeah, know, we have so many expectations. Like every time we pick up our phone, every time we go into the world, what we have to think about how we look, how we dress, how we talk, how we act to fit a certain thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we, that's what our lives, right? These are the tools that we've had to construct to survive in this world that like most of the time that men have dictated we live in, right? I mean, that's not called the patriarchy just it's for exhausting. fun. You know what I mean? Like we're all just living here and I hate kind of blanketing it under the arc of umbrella of patriarchy, but like from the adolescence, like you feel that pressure to look a certain way, to be attractive to men. And like, of course you don't always have to bow to that pressure but and I feel like I have not to like most extents but like you still feel it right and so like 100% it's a daily fight to to not bow to it to be honest right and that's what I'm trying to say is as we are manage these expectations every single day of our lives how unreasonable is it to say hey men try one or two things Mm -hmm. you know what I mean can you try to maybe do 
have one or two expectations on you and what you're supposed to be doing, wouldn't that be nice? It's like, well, when Amy Poehler was being interviewed and the male interviewer asked her something like, what do you think about all of these expectations put on men? Like, are we making men do too much? And she just was like, looked him in the eye and was like, no. Because we have had to do, the expectations of women are far, far more. And so like, um, so yes, Sada, I believe that they are intimidated and, and believe these things to be unattainable. But like the the pressure and the set and the magnitude and the number of expectations on them are already so much less I, from my perspective. So it's like, get your mm-hmm. shit together. You know what I mean? Dudes, what's up? <laughs> I love that. I actually, this is related, but also going back to emotional regulation and all that. I think there's this idea of like, you know, women and women are so emotional and they're emotionally high maintenance and all this, you know, men don't want to put in that emotional labor. And I saw this one time online that said the best PR campaign of all time was making saying women are emotional and men aren't because anger isn't an emotion (laughs) it's like I love that so much because I was like that it's so true like why is anger not an emotion suddenly like I will say I mean bringing this back to Ben a little bit I think out of most men I've ever met Ben is not typical in the sense that he's kind of like I'm just gonna go on with my life and be a man like he's very caring very attentive he likes cross-stitching let's just put that for the audience just to give them an idea he calls it man time he sits and he cross-stitches so I mean he's he's actually attentive and sensitive and like caring and yeah. does put in a lot of emotional labor no Ben is and too sensitive it's yeah. <laughs> no he's he's already a wonderful guy and he is so much potential to become even even more awesome and I, I, I wish he had found you sooner like because I feel like you know what I mean like Aww. he is he's a special guy yeah. he's wonderful and like he's I don't wonderful. understand how like people have just missed the boat on Ben like it was kind of one of those things where we'd be like you know because like we'd talk sometimes I'd be like how is he still not finding I know Omar and I made him a list of like stuff he needed to do to get <laughs> it was like a remember it was like wear wear fewer plaid shirts was one because like his whole entire he has not changed that. <laughs> he has not changed that. <laughs> it was all plaid shirts. Oh gosh. I'm still working on that part. <laughs> I remember it. What was on it? Like I was trying to remember. I just remember the plaid shirts. And I'm sure maybe Ben remembers because he's mentioned it recently. And I was like, oh, we did do that. But I don't remember. <laughs> but what I will say is like he he's again not your typical guy, really attentive. Like he can he literally will see my face change and I'll be like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Like checking in with me, which is not typical, I would say. And still, he's very literal. And so I feel like I feel like women are more intuitive and kind of like they're picking up on cues, like external, whether it's like online or whether it's like the way that 
the guy said hello when they answered the phone and people make fun of women for reading into things but I do like I've throughout my life have realized more and more my intuition is very much on point I can identify something I can't say why it's happening right because that's just conjecture but like it's pretty accurate and I feel like with men they're not as attuned to that and they don't put effort into identifying that and like picking up on things and thinking like, oh, they're doing that when I did this, therefore I shouldn't do this. Or, oh, like when I do this, they really like it. So I should do more of it. It's kind of, you know what I'm saying? You kind of have to figure out to do it is the thing, because that's always been our job, (laughs) first of all. And second of all, I feel like their personal safety isn't at at risk as often as ours is like Frankly, we kind of have to, it's kind of like an animal instinct where we have to always have that on. And they live in this world where, oh, good Lord, if you're a white man in America, I mean, honestly, it's a good world to be in, I would assume. Um, So I just feel like they haven't had to do that. And it's, we were like, we were socialized. We have to be in tune to what's going on with them. Like, it's almost like a hypervigilance and it's exhausting. And I wish I could turn mm-hmm. it off sometimes. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. Like I, I want to turn it off. I yeah. want to turn it off so much. And I and I can't because that's the world I grew up on. I ha I, I have to I have to be aware if there's going to be a change in mood, you know, from, from the man. hundred percent. You know? Like and and I gotta 100%. I gotta make sure I don't approach the man if he's in this mood, I have to wait and time things in a specific way. Or, oh, if he's if he's angry or if he's stressed out, I have to make sure everything here is going to be okay and, and, and I'm taking care of everything to not give him a reason to be more mad. This is bringing up a lot of... That's interesting because I do not feel that pressure or responsibility. I'm like, you're going to deal with me or you're, you're going to leave. Because like- <laughs> I grew up in a household with a man and had no idea... How to manage his emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a very thing our parents grew up. Our, that's our job as women, et cetera, et cetera. All right, great. So Mara, my next question was, you blasted Ben about his first podcast. And so you think he did a better job on this Absolutely. One. He picked a book he thought he would like. He took the assignment seriously. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. But like I said, it's hard to say if he gets the whole romance thing, because honestly, because this is the first book in the series, there wasn't a lot of romance. So I don't know. I kind of want to, I kind of want to see how he felt after book two. I, I will say though, so this is not a romance novel, but I'm a huge fan of The Mentalist, which is a series and you talk about the mentalist a lot you must really like i really like it it's my comfort show i've watched it i watched it growing up and i've rewatched it anytime i'm feeling stressed i just put on an episode of the mentalist and if anybody's watched the mentalist the the there's like barely any romance throughout the series and then like it takes like seven or eight series for these two people to get together basically no joke and I said something, I told Ben, I was like, but I like it because it's like, there's not much romance in it. He's like, but you, but he's like, but you always, you want some romance, like you want some sort of romance story. So to, to, to answer your question a little bit, he does like there to be kind of like a romantic thread throughout even like series or books. I think, I, I really think like the, just the label of romance is what pushes yeah, men away Yeah, because most. I think that Ben, like you said, he is a sensitive person. And I think that 
having romance in his life could really make him feel more more complete frankly you know what i mean but i feel like because he was socialized to to push that away because it's girly and romantic you know but but yeah i i could imagine that ben would want that you know just because of the person he is and um I'm so glad he found you. <laughs> it makes me so oh, happy. I'm like, glad I found it just, him. It, literally for years we've been like, why? I don't understand. He's a great guy. What, why is, why can't he? He's underrated, yeah. which I always, <laughs> I joke about. I'm like, I don't have to worry about other women because it takes so long to get to know you. Nobody's going to put the effort in. <laughs> Maybe he's been afraid of putting himself out there. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But I'm glad he, I'm glad he figured it out. But also Ben is just a slower pace of person, which is how it does take a long time to get to, get to know Ben. It really does. It does. I mean, he's, he's trying, he's like, sometimes talking to Ben is like, I feel like time is going backwards. <laughs> Honestly, maybe I should talk to Ben more because, like, time needs to slow down for me. It's going so fast. Oh, I envy well, that. There you go. I envy that. Like, call him on the telephone and you can talk about the second book in this series. <laughs> I gotta read those books. I'm gonna read them. I'm gonna add them to my list. <laughs> well, they were really popular. I kind of don't know how you missed them when they came out. You might not. I have just been don't read like, a lot of fantasy, out. honestly. I don't. Gotcha. Um, Was there something that when you're listening to these podcasts and Ben's, I guess in particular, is there something you think that I should be asking that I'm not that when you're listening, you're like, I wonder what they think about this? Anything? Is that to Mara or a general question? Anybody who wants to. I have something. Um, I wonder maybe asking like, what do you think it would take to make the book you read appealing to men, whether it was a change in the cover, a change in the title, a change in the genre categorization, or would you be like, no, you have to revamp the whole story? Or like, is there like a, you know, what would you, what would make it appealing to men? Yeah, that would be a great that, That's a great question. In all fairness, I hate the Fabio covers myself. I don't like them. You know, one of the reasons 100%. I love having a Kindle is, gross. is because, you know, nobody's judging you for what you're reading. You can read, you know, when you're out and about. I mean, it's none of anybody's business what I'm mm-hmm. reading, frankly. And that's not what I'm there to read. I don't care if he looks like Fabio or if he has muscles. That's not what I'm, that's not why I'm there. You know, so like... I I kind of appreciate that the new modern kind of romantic comedy genre has gone into a more stylistic, illustrated, covered, not showcasing physical attributes of the men, because that's not what I'm here for, frankly. So I can appreciate that. But um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's a great question. I also think that I would like, I want to ask them like, yeah, those are good points. Those are good questions. You, as a reader of romance, you also know that they're not always realistic, even though a lot of them should be. They should be realistic. A lot of the ones we read, the more reasonable ones, but you're not always going to find that. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Right. And I think some part of what romance kind of tries to do is like you push something so far 
to one side to get to the middle, right? Like we've tried to push as much as we can in, in the direction we want because we know we're not actually going to end up over here, right? We're just trying to move the needle, right? And so sometimes I think that's what outlandish romance is, is, is doing for them. But anyway, I'm sorry, Sada, did I interrupt you? Uh, no, I was, I was just wondering how much of, I guess, a real, like what you're talking, I guess you answered my question about, because I, I don't necessarily feel like the romance novels, um, all the romance novels are maybe portraying a healthy relationship because a lot of romance novels want that push-pull because you want the reader to feel that emotion of like, oh, I'm excited. Oh, I'm devastated. Oh, I'm excited, there's, right? There's and so there's, there's got to be drama. I mean, that. I mean, who wants to read a no- romance novel without drama? I don't even want to read a romance novel without some drama, right? And so I think that... I don't necessarily know if there's like that much to take away from from that aspect of of the drama because the drama does make for an exciting relationship but I from experience have not found those to be the most sustainable healthy relationships. I do not want drama in my in my relationships or my home life. It is the opposite of what I want. I hate it. I hate it. I I just won't. That's why we need to yeah, read yeah. it. I mean <laughs> I don't even like the kind of romance novels where they hate each other, the love hate ones. Like I just find them exhausting because that is not what I want. I just want to like the people I love, (laughs) you know, like I just. Mara just wants all of her romance novels. They're like going to a farmer's market. You know what I mean? That's not. They just all. They also take just, place on islands and bakeries and everybody has a cup of shop. Bakery on an island. In a town of three hundred, it's like a thriving cupcake shop. They're like they're selling cupcakes every all three hundred people every hey, day. There is a tourist uh population as well, Tara. There is some <laughs> No, honestly, most yeah. of the most of the books I read right now aren't. If I read an actual book, not listening to an audiobook, I listen to the romance novels while I'm trying to sleep, and I listen to mostly historical fiction when uh, historical romance novels when I'm trying to sleep. I don't know why. It just it's good for sleep. Because they're mostly written by British people. It's like somehow more yeah. relaxing. And I can listen is. to the ones read by that. women. I cannot fall asleep when men are talking. Like, I can't do it. Interesting. Probably something having to do with my childhood. I find it stressful. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. A lot of the, I, I, don't, I don't actually, a lot of the books I read have romance in them. Like when I'm actually reading it, you know, on my Kindle. But I don't read as many I don't know. I, I do read a lot of those Jenny Colgan ones that take place on the uh, English island, the Beach Street books. God, I love those. <laughs> That's a ba- those are the bakery. Yes, the bakery I just book. really want to start my life over and, and make bread for a living rather than... So you're allergic to gluten. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wow. love it when other people eat it, though. I love it because it is delicious. <laughs> so... But anyway, all right. So let's try to talk about Ben. This Ben's podcast specifically. Did anything about what Ben said on this podcast surprise you as you were listening? And again, we read Karen Marie Moaning's Dark Fever. Ben had previously read Slave to Sensation by Nalini Singh, which, which he made fun of basically the whole time in a way that wasn't even funny. Because I was kind of like, if you're going to not like the book and make fun of it, at least like be funny about it. You're just like <laughs> kind of complaining. I found it 
interesting how he talked about well a couple of things i i i found it interesting how much he liked it was the first thing and then the second thing when he was talking about how he didn't feel like the descriptions were realistic for a 22 year old to the words they use to describe things i thought that was an interesting that was interesting commentary because i think what that goes back to it's not like a criticism of like you didn't stay consistent it's more like oh when you did that it pulled me out of the story and i wasn't immersed and i think that even mentioning that shows that he was immersed in the story and then when he felt like the voice changed it was kind of like wait a second so I he, mean, did kind of, he was immersed he did in kind of make it sound like he was surprised that somebody who was both a gearhead who was a gearhead could talk that way and i don't think that should be either or i mean why can't people who work on cars also appreciate the beauty of scenery or be able to describe buildings but that's one of the pitfalls of first person narrator whenever you do it in any genre because you do have to paint a picture you do i mean that's just what reading is about and sometimes that might involve more description than you think a character would normally use but i'm I'm curious to read too for that for that reason because i want that description when i'm reading a book i want to be able to really picture where where we are in the story Yeah, I think that was a good point. I was surprised that he brought that up. And also, like, I wonder, again, this is a generalization. I hate to keep kind of harping on this, but I never read a book and think, oh, this is not something a younger man would say or an older man would say. Like, everything, like, if I pick up a book, I don't question a dude's authority on how they would describe an old building. Do you know what I mean? I would accept that this is the way that a description is. I'm not explaining this very well, but when you say a 22 year old can't have the knowledge of a 20 year old 22 year old woman wouldn't have the knowledge of cars and and an appreciation for architecture that's kind of a commentary on how you think women are you know what i mean and the facets that they can hold i'm not trying to slam ben in this moment it was just a little thing that he said but like but yeah on the other hand like the whole book read young and reading it again I mean, when I read it, I was like in my 20s, so it didn't feel a certain way. When I read it as an adult, like, I'm like, you just stop, please stop talking, is what I felt like when I was reading it. <laughs> this time, I was like, I can't with you and this stuff. So I think that there's a part of that was probably what Ben was feeling as well. He was probably thinking, if I were 22, I would not describe a building like that. I would say it was brown and big <laughs> and like, <laughs> like had windows. <laughs> He's probably just thinking like, I couldn't have done that. <laughs> well, and her voice is, it's at the forefront, right? She's not a, her voice is not receding into the narrative, right? It's, she's that, it's Mac's voice. For sure. And Mac was is the, the main character. So it is hard, I think, in those cases. And as a writer, like, how do you describe something in your own voice? Like, if, if it's me and I'm a sarcastic asshole, am I going to be like, there's this dumb old t- ancient building on the corner? And you know, like, I can't, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> that's like maybe how I'm supposed to describe it, you know, based on who my character would be and like how I write and view the world. But like, you can't do it. So like, I'm always kind of frustrated by this as I'm writing. I'm like, as a writer. So anyway, anything else surprise you all? That was a good one. Sort of. Do you think that he, Mari, you touched on this before. Do you think that Ben understands romance novels? No, not completely. I think he is. I mean, I think <laughs> he has the ability to understand them, but I think that just because he's he's only read these two books, so maybe we should get him to read another one. He did. He Ben wrote, read Bet Me by Jennifer Cruzy, which is oh, a classic. Jennifer Cruzy, yeah, she's a good one. Yeah, a classic romance. Okay. It was written in the mid-aughts, but it still remains like, I see something about it on Twitter like every other day. So it is still very popular. So that's what he, and he's already read it. Again, this is another example of me being behind all of the wonderful male friends who are reading these books. They are, they are on top of things and I am just <laughs> over here struggling to keep up. Are you going to do mm -hmm. a podcast on that one? Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not reading it just because. I mean, well, I, mean I didn't <laughs> I think mean, so, but who knew? Well, I'm, I'm excited to, to hear that podcast because I feel, feel like that's going to be a better example of the actual romantic genre and, and romance in general. Maybe I'll read that one again and, and, and then have more to say about it. It's so good. All right. So one of the things that comes up in this podcast a lot and Ben kind of touched on it in the first podcast and kind of in this one is that this idea that in these novels, people, the men don't think that these people are actually falling in love or are engaging in true kind of emotional intimacy. Intimacy seems to be tied for men to suffering seems to be tied to the woman dying seems to be tied to like they're in despair after a woman is no longer there why is that that men and women in the trope of why can't we recognize intimacy and in falling in love with somebody as it's happening and like why are they so kind of resistant to this idea in romance novels that how women are drawing what they believe is an intimate relationship with a man is not it doesn't read to them it doesn't resonate to them as real and that's a really roundabout way of saying that last thing. But if you have any thoughts, go ahead. <laughs> I don't read enough romance to know how they're normally structured. Um, but I wonder, I've always had a hypothesis that people fall in love when there's some sort of deeply vulnerable thing shared, especially men. Like men develop feelings a, they seem to, to have the ability to just like see someone and then decide like, I really like them, which is different than women. In my experience, it would be like, I saw you and I knew. And I'm like, how? <laughs> how? Right? Versus like, right. But then like the deepening of those emotions and like that turning into being love. In my experience and from what I've seen in other couples, and I have really, really close guy friends and I grew up with a lot of guy friends, is they are always taught to not share, to not be vulnerable. And so when they find someone that they're able to share that vulnerable side with in a safe environment, like that leads to the love part and like the falling in love. And I just wonder, and I don't know if 
the romance novels are portraying that well or if it's more like I got you flowers and I surprised you and I did this versus like yeah but what is the woman in this situation doing to help make the man fall in love with her in terms of like not like trick him obviously but like (laughs) is there like are you providing that safe space and, and allowing sharing of emotions are you accepting something vulnerable that is often seen as like not manly or in these or in these novels is the man expected to be like the strong one the this one the, the other thing and all these expectations that they've also been socialized to believe that have felt like this heavy thing or is she also like providing the space that they're craving in a person so I wonder if that's the disconnect Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's true of any relationship too, right? Like you don't feel truly close to someone unless you're like involved. It's like a couple of things, right? You experience like something really awful together and you're afraid or something bad has happened and you have like this shared experience or mm-hmm. right, you are, you've kind of opened yourself up to them in a way that you don't to other people, right? That that's definitely a huge part of how any relationship forms, right? And it's like, like a trust building right and so yeah i can see that so sato have you seen ben read romance books were you was he reading this when you were i think he was reading them but we weren't really discussing them much except the first one i remember the first one because i was like what is it about that's crazy he's like yes it's crazy <laughs> totally why he picked it <laughs> right I think I think like you like you said he thought he wouldn't enjoy any of them so like any movie you want to pick the really bad movie that's enjoyable because it's so bad it's funny I think that's what he was hoping for yes but then surprise surprise he liked the second one <laughs> so all right so is or is there anything that Sada you specifically were you hoping that he learned anything in these books and is there any evidence that he has learned anything <laughs> from these books there is zero evidence (laughs) (laughs) like i said i'm not reading Uh, the wrong books though let's see after he reads the jennifer cruzy it's more focused on the important stuff (laughs) i don't know if he would take it to heart like oh like oh that is what romance is and therefore oh maybe my wife wants to feel that like he doesn't he, he like Again, love him to death. I think he's one of the best humans on this planet. And you kind of have to spell things out and spoon feed. Like, be like, I like this. Therefore, I want you to do one, two, three at this frequency because it makes me feel this way. It's like, it's not that that uh intuitive it's good that you're communicating uh, you know. that though you know what i mean and and you would hope that if you keep communicating that it's all just going to become a habit and it's going to become a part of who he is and right. what your relationship is so maybe right. and he's good at taking the feedback and implement so i mean that's maybe a big deal feels yeah. like spoon feeding now but i, I I think as time goes on, it'll become more second nature. Yeah, but maybe if right. he read more romance, maybe he'd come up with some thoughts on his own and you wouldn't have to spoon feed him, right? Would that be the hope? That's expecting a lot from him. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if I would. I'm, I'm going to lower expectations. I always say high hopes, yeah. low expectations. Yeah, yeah. that's smart. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's he the tries. He really tries. It's interesting as an observer just to watch Ben function in the world. Like it is 
I don't, it's just entertaining. Cause like, I don't, Ben doesn't do anything how I would do a thing. It's like <laughs> everything he does. I'm like, why are you doing it this way? And then like, whatever he says, I still don't understand. Like the, whatever his explanation of why he's doing a thing, the way he's doing it. I have, I'm like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I have no idea why he's chosen to do it. It's fascinating. I know. I, it is that way. You just have to take the intention. Like yesterday morning, he made me breakfast and it was so sweet. He made like vegetable, like eggs with vegetables and toast. And it was for me and him and his mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but he made four eggs. And I said, Are, how many eggs do you think people eat? <laughs> And he was like, well, I thought my mom wouldn't eat that many. And then I was like, "Are you, I eat two eggs. Are you going to eat one egg? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, and I'm a relatively good eater. And I'm just like, it's kind of like he, it's like the intention is always there and the effort is there. But I'm like, but why would you do that? He probably like, doesn't have a lot of experience cooking for a family, though, either. So, yeah, that's true. And also, eggs are very expensive right now. Perhaps he was <laughs> very expensive. Let's move on. So, any other final? I'm going to go on to what I cut because we're going to wrap up here. Were there any other thoughts about Ben's podcast in particular that you all want to share? I loved it. I thought it was great. Not because he's my husband, a little bit because of that, but mainly because I just thought it was a great conversation and it was interesting. It made me think about a lot of things I hadn't thought about before, offered new perspectives. I thought it was great. Yeah. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And I'm, I, I, as always, I'm always just kind of astounded that guys are reading these books that that they've taken the time out to do it because it's not it's a long time to read a book it's not you know whatever so and they they put how they put thought into the conversations and, and what they're saying it's always just kind of shocking to me on so yeah and I'm, I'm less shocked by by ben just because i you know Ben's a nice person. You've been there for all of them. You're a wonderful friend. You're like a professional. I don't know how you do it. And so when you ask, <laughs> honestly, reading a book after the type of friend you've been, I, I don't think it's too much to ask. I Thanks, Mara. But I'm going to continue to make them read them as a thing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're it's a long-term commitment. Do you think they maybe they're developing a, a greater appreciation and enjoyment as they read? Like they did it at first because of the friendship, you think, and now that maybe they are enjoying them, even though they're kind of maybe not all of them are ready to jump out there and say it, but I think to a certain extent they don't hate them, but I don't think that any of them are to the point where they're like, Oh, I think I'll read a romance novel on my own you know what I mean but I think that some of them don't mind reading them because they've been asked to read them and I think that's something (laughs) (laughs) progress all right so yeah Ben did great and I'm excited to talk about bet me so I'm gonna move on if you guys if that's if we're done Mm -hmm. what I cut I did not cut cut a lot but the major thing that I cut was at in Ben's intro which are really it's hard to write Ben's intros because I mean we've known each other for so long and I really for whatever reason struggle with his and I put (laughs) I said that Ben used to play the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves song to get to impress girls which is not true 
And so I left, it, I left it in there because like we just had a discussion after I said it, like during the actual, like when we were recording and he was like, that wasn't me. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> and he was like, no. <laughs> and so like we had like, we went on and on about it. And I, I was like, okay, I believe you. But like, I just couldn't leave that. I just couldn't leave it in there. So I cut all, I cut all of it out and just left the Ben played Robin Hood to impress women. John, so Ben, like he's never really been the type to do things to impress women. Like he's just himself and he doesn't game. He doesn't game like some men do. He's not doing things for show. He's no. just Ben. And that's great. It's, it's, it's a relief, you know? So I, when I heard that, I was like, I don't remember that. I remember you played the piano. Um, I remember I used to play that song on the piano. I was a horrible pianist, but I could play the heck out of that song, but he didn't do things to like, just to impress people. Well, he, th- he bought somebody. And I think Mara, I think it was you. I think he bought somebody a piano. He book. bought me the Simon and Garfunkel book because I love, I still love Simon and Garfunkel. Um, he brought me the, right. I think it was bridge over troubled waters for the, the piano. Yeah. Yeah. But that was just a thoughtful yeah. gift. But- That's not like, trying to impress anybody <laughs> well but ben is a great gift giver i will yeah. say that uh, for a dude yeah. well, i mean so i hope you've experienced it but i think for a dude that's a pretty good yeah well huh? uh, very thoughtful very very thoughtful uh, i thought you I were saying he's, he's awful and i was thoughtful. like oh yes. no. <laughs> he's awful he's horrible the worst. putting doing anything to impress you though like that's not who he was it said it was it was a thoughtful thing yeah absolutely right so i think i was conflating mara's love of playing that robin hood song and ben giving you that piano book and i think that like i somehow came up in my mind that like i did i did created a false memory sorry sorry ben but now for posterity and on this podcast everybody thinks that he played robin hood prince of thieves to impress girls but honestly there are worse things and so a thousand times <laughs> i think more embarrassing is just playing that song in the first place i have no regrets but for a guy and so i think that me adding to impress girls on the end of it was a favor <laughs> all right the only and that's really the biggest thing that I cut. Ben does say um a lot because he even though I tend to I always send the men these questions ahead of time, I don't think Ben ever looks at the questions. And so he always seems very surprised by the questions when I ask them. And so I'm sure he looks at them by the way. I'm sure he looks at them and thinks very hard. He just the idea of anything spontaneous. Uh-huh. Is terrifying to him so I'm sure he prepares but the you just need to speed the podcast up podcasts like I actually do have to speed up like bit. I can't get through the podcast but then you put 0.25 up and it's like oh okay I can listen to this now this is really interesting why are you talking so slow <laughs> <laughs> I've been there <laughs> it's true and so there were a lot of like long pauses that I cut out for both of us. But your faith that he looked at the questions, I, I mean, I'll believe you. But like, I feel like both times to me, it has felt like he had no clue what was coming. Putting your thoughts when into I, verbalizing your thoughts is something different than like he might have looked at them 
and and thought about it but then saying it out loud it's not his forte. when you're being recorded is a totally different thing so i i can respect that he needed to be thoughtful before you know giving you his answers i'll, I'll also give you a little funny story so we did uh so i'm muslim and we did a little religious marriage which is called katbil kitab the writing of the book and so that's where he asks my family including like it's it's a patrilineal society so all the uncles in the family come and he comes and asks the uncles for my hand and then the the uncles like give their blessing especially the oldest uncle so like the, the biggest like the most important person in the tribe and so he came and he um asked basically he was clueless as to what was about to happen and so my brother's like okay like i'm gonna nod at you when it's time for you to to ask okay and he's like okay and basically what my uncle spoke and said something really nice to ben and it was time for ben to ask and my brother's like nodding at him and i'm like pointing at him and everyone's like because it was such an awkward long silence <laughs> and finally he sees everybody and then he goes and asks so later on i started laughing about it and i told him he's like i was trying to give a thoughtful pause i was like that was so many seconds longer <laughs> oh than thoughtful <laughs> You probably thought this was thoughtful Anxiety-inducing causes, Ben. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I know. So funny. That is hysterical. And, but also, yeah. so Ben. Um, but that is so funny. So, all right. That is a, a wonderful story to end on. Ben is a wonderful person. Maybe not the fastest. Not going to win a race. But that's <laughs> he's gonna read these books continue to read these books i appreciate it it was it's so wonderful i appreciate both of you coming here today and having such a wonderful discussion i hope you enjoyed it and there's only one thing left to do please sada mara tell me that you love romance i love romance i love romance. i'm working on loving romance <laughs> It never works. And few two people cannot say it at the same time. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you.